Hey, this is Brian Akar, host of Why I Left, here to let you know about an important cause for which I'm fundraising and need your support. Child trauma occurs more than you think. More than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by age 16. Since 1979, the Advocate Childhood Trauma Treatment Program has provided a range of specialized services for the treatment of and healing from experiences of trauma in the Chicago area. Knowing people who have experienced childhood trauma, I'm aware of its lasting impact. That's why, on October 13th, 2024, I'm back running the Chicago Marathon again, representing Advocate Health as a member of the charity running team and fundraising to benefit the program. Please visit the show notes and click the link for Be Run Chicago to donate to this cause. I appreciate any support that you could provide. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to Why I Left, a podcast that explores the great resignation. I'm your host, Brian Akar. Join me as I chronicle real stories from real people about the reasons they decided to leave their jobs during the pandemic and what has happened since. Hello. And thanks for tuning into this episode of the Why I Left podcast. In today's episode, I chat with Megan Martin Strickland. Megan is a career coach with Reboot Excel, where she empowers women to lead lives of impact. She consults with Fortune 500 and mid-sized companies, as well as startups and foundations to promote best practices for empowering women and building inclusive workplaces. Now, Megan was featured in an Oprah Daily article entitled, Why Haven't More Moms Returned to the Paid Workforce? by Julia Edelstein. So I wanted to hear more about the trends she's seeing in the women she supports in her practice. Let's go check it out. All right, welcome back. So our guest today is Megan Martin Strickland. Megan is a career coach in San Francisco who helps companies drive gender equity and accomplished women land new opportunities in advance. Although she didn't join the Great Resignation herself, I really wanted her to bring her perspective to the show to discuss her company's practice and expand on what she's noticing about how the pandemic has affected women in the workplace. So hi, Megan, how you doing? Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. So now before we get into a discussion around some of these recent trends with women in the workplace, would love to get to know you a little better. So tell us a little bit about your background and your upbringing. Um, I grew up in Palo Alto, California, which is now the heart of Silicon Valley. It was starting to be that way when I was growing up, but it's changed drastically. But it's a very exciting place to be. And I went to college on the East Coast. I went to Princeton University, and I I was a history major. And then I spent seven years as a municipal bond research analyst before I made a big pivot to the education, nonprofit, career development space. So I worked at Stanford for a year, and um, I have been at Reboot Excel since 2017. Very nice. And now, what are some of the things that you've been passionate about professionally? I've always, so I sort of stumbled into finance. I graduated not knowing what I wanted to do, and that just seemed like a lot of my classmates were 
doing that. So I stumbled into finance, but I covered primarily school districts throughout the U.S. And I loved getting to know like the principal and the treasurer as they were telling me what I needed to know for my job was the finances, you know, what their balance sheet was, what their revenues, all of those metrics. But what I loved talking about was, you know, what they were doing for students, how they were impacting their students and how they were impacting their communities. So I sort of realized it took me seven years, but that I was kind of in the wrong space. So I've always been passionate about understanding people and what makes them tick. And, you know, throughout, as I realized that finance wasn't my forever career, I worked with a career coach and they just helped me sort of understand what I was good at, what I like, what made me really happy, what made me light up. And it was always around helping people understand themselves and understand how they could find fulfilling work. It took me a little while, but now that's what I do. I primarily work with women and we're really focused on helping women lead lives of impact, which often means that they are doing something that really makes their heart sing and that work is fulfilling for them. That's amazing. And now tell us a little bit about, before we get into, you know, more about Reboot, but describe your work journey and what's worked well in the environments that you've been a part of. I, so I think one of the things that's most important for me, and I find this for a lot of people, the people that they surround themselves with. And I think where I've really felt the most fulfilled is when there is career growth, you know, and I think that is very important for everyone. If you have a job and you can see, you know, that there's career advancement, that there's career support, that there's mentorship, that's a huge piece too. So anywhere where I've had a, like a really a strong mentor that can help guide me and also had the opportunity to take courses or to just continuously learn new skills, any environment like that has been really helpful. And then just doing work. So right now we're, we're a small team and we work basically remote. We had an office during COVID, but that has, we gave up our office during COVID. So we meet, you know, once a week or once every other week, but everything we do is remote. And I sort of miss the, you know, I do miss the FaceTime, but I think it's the fact that you can do work remotely is pretty awesome. No, without a doubt. And so you had mentioned earlier, you know, you were in finance for a while and made this big pivot into the coaching space. So how did you even enter into this coaching world? Well, I think it started with the first time I worked with a career coach. I can't even remember how I found her. I think that we had been at like a conference or a networking event together and she told me what she did. She was a career coach And so I started working with her. She had me do all these exercises. I honestly wasn't quite ready for it. I was still in the throes of finance, but it just sort of got me thinking like, oh, wow, okay, she's helping career. She's helping people with their careers. And then I got to Stanford. I thought that I had done, you know, read a lot of books. One of them was what color is your parachute? And another one is designing your life which is, was a book written by two, do you know that? Do you know? know, Designing your life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By two Stanford professors. It's the most popular class at Stanford. But for those of you who don't know what it is, these professors, they walk, they wrote a book and now they have, or actually it started with a course and then they wrote a book. 
And so it just teaches you design thinking for your own career, like what to like sort of problem solve. And they also make it very clear, which I think this is so important that your career is a journey. Like it's, it's not, you know, you don't have to do the same job for 30 years if you're miserable. You know, there, it should be constantly evolving as your priorities shift, as your values shift. So that, those two books, and I did a bunch of, you know, personality assessments. I still do those. I absolutely love those. And then, so working with those two, two career coaches and then Reboot Excel started when we, when I first joined, they started as a company that helped women who had taken time out of the paid workforce re-enter. So, you know, if they stepped away for child care or if they were caring for an elderly parent or they had health challenges themselves and then they wanted to get back into the paid workforce. So that's how we started. And when I joined, that's what we did. And we've evolved. So I just felt like at the time I had really small children. This might be too much information, but I'm just walking you through this. No, so okay. um, half half of my friends at preschool, at our preschool, were not working in the paid workforce. They were their primary caregivers for their family. And then half were still working in the paid workforce. So I just, you know, they were all extremely smart extremely ambitious. If at any point they wanted to go back to work, I knew they could have a huge impact on on a company or, you know, doing whatever they wanted to do. But I just feel, I felt like, and I still feel like there should be an opportunity to step away and then come back to meaningful work. So that is why I joined Reboot Excel. And we've had several iterations as most small companies do, especially when you get hit with the pandemic. But now we also work with companies and it's still around empowering women, but we work with women who are in the workforce and women who are out of the workforce. And since the pandemic, we are helping women who have been in the workforce and want to step out. No, that's great. And so, yeah, so, you, so tell us, you know, a little bit more about, you know, Reboot Excel. I think you, when you said you joined, you've gone through a few iterations with the company, but tell us a little bit more about Reboot and the type of work that you all do. Yeah. So we still, part of our business still helps women who are trying to get back into the workforce or women who have been in careers like how I was in a finance career, you know, and really wanted to make a big pivot, but don't know how, don't know how to make sure that their skills, like I was a bond analyst. How does that transfer to coaching? You know, so just understanding like what are the transferable skills that you had to use in whatever job you were, how can that translate to a new job? Or we help people understand what kind of work they want. And then we also um, go inside of companies and we help with workplace diversity, which can mean helping the women in the workforce or just helping everyone who in the company feel like they belong. Because all the research shows that the people who feel like they can bring their true authentic self to work that's when they have the most impact. And that also helps the bottom line of the company. So um, we do professional development workshops, executive coaching, inclusive leadership training, and diversity coach consulting inside companies. And then we also do one-on-one coaching and workshop facilitation for women who are transitioning in their careers. Very nice. And, you know, you mentioned this whole you know, returning to work piece, there are a lot of companies who have the, like these return ships mm-hmm. type type of programs. And yeah. I've seen more and more of that now. And I think we'll likely see more of that in the future oh, yeah. too. 
right? Right. Especially with all the women who stepped out, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now prior to COVID, what was volume like in your business and in what areas did you find yourself supporting women? So we, it was basically at that time, we still did the individual coaching for women returning to work and the workshop facilitation for women, women returning to work. And then we did the corporate piece. But so it was probably, I would say half and half, half of our business was that we didn't, I can't remember a single woman that we helped sort of reassess and step out during that time. It just wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really on people's radar. And if they were doing that, they didn't think that they needed like a coach to help with that. So, um, oh, and before the pandemic, all of our workshops were in person, which, so we had an office, our office was in Menlo Park, which is right in Silicon Valley, right near Palo Alto. And so, you know, we really could only serve women who, we had women come, you know, drive an hour to get to our workshops, but that was about as far as we could go. And we did all of our coaching because part of our mission was like this very high touch. And so at that time, that meant in person. So all of our, the women we were helping return to work, we, all of that was in person. So we really only served a very small portion of the country a very small portion of California. And then the corporate consulting too, we were flying to wherever the company was or really servicing Bay area companies. That was our sweet spot. And it also made sense because we had these relationships with Bay area companies. So when they needed to hire, we could work with the hiring managers to to tell them how to interview women who had stepped out of the workforce. So we had this sweet spot and then COVID hit and then everything went on Zoom. So now we're servicing women all over the country. Got it. And it's actually a perfect transition, right? So I'm going to take you back in time, right? So let's go back to March 2020. The world really shuts down. What we now know is, is the pandemic, right? I've, you know, I've had a few episodes here where I've joked around with folks where, where I say, look, I'm sure everyone thought it was going to be a couple of weeks and we'd be all good. Uh, right. But clearly wasn't the case. Uh, right. So describe a little bit how the pandemic affected you. My children were five, three, and five months old when in March 2020. So, you know, and schools shut down, all childcare shut down. So I was really navigating. Oh, my husband was traveling for work at, basically every week. So that stopped. And then our work, we had to pivot on a dime. We didn't even have a Zoom account, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think we took a week to sort of figure out how we were going to transition this. And also there was a lot of uncertainty in companies. So they were sort of like, should we continue this? How important is this women's empowerment coaching if we're not sure what our balance sheet is going to look like in the next few months, you know? So um, there was a lot of uncertainty, but we switched to Zoom. We were still, we had some of our highest I mean, for the first time ever, we attracted all these women and people were home. So the people home whose kids were out of the house, like if they were in college, they were, granted, they were back home now, but they could fend for themselves. You know, they were more, so those women came to our workshops every single week on Zoom. We had a huge, we reached a huge population because we had been very high touch, you know, serving like 30 to 50 women each week in work in in-person workshops. And now we're opened up to the whole country. So that's, it, it really, but it also, we had to learn how to use Zoom. You know, we had to learn, which seems like everyone does that now, but it does take some time. We had to teach women 
who, you know, have been out of the workforce for 10 years and don't really know technology, how to use Zoom for interviews and for workshops. So I remember the first few workshops, a lot of it was like, okay, this is where your video is. This is how you use the chat. And then I would say probably, so that that was our day, like that was our weekly cadence. We did weekly workshops on Zoom and then we helped women one-on-one and we still did some of the diversity consulting, but again, it was over Zoom and some of them felt a little uncertain about what was happening in their companies. So that slowed, but it picked up, the diversity consulting picked up, you know, by summer of 2020. And I would say by fall of 2020, that's when women started really, maybe even not even that long, I can't remember, but just, you know, they were doing primary childcare, children were home, they were trying to work full-time jobs. They did, they were trying to cook all the meals, do all the laundry. I mean, it just was so much that hit women. So that's when we started having conversations with people about, okay, how how do you manage burnout? How do you take care of yourself? Do like, is leaving your job an option? And is that the right thing for right now? So that happened, you know, probably like late summer, fall of 2020. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you struggling with mental health issues but find it difficult to make time for in-person therapy? BetterHelp has got you covered. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that connects you with licensed therapists from the comfort of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can access professional counseling whenever and wherever you need it on your schedule. And the best part? It's affordable, confidential, and easy to use. As the host of Why I Left, I know that life can be tough sometimes. And that's why it's important to take care of your mental health. BetterHelp offers a wide range of services, including individual counseling, couples therapy, and even online group sessions. So whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health issue, BetterHelp can provide the support you need to feel better. Sign up for BetterHelp today and start living a happier, healthier life. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash why I left. That's betterhelp.com slash why I left. Take care of yourself. And what did you learn around this time where the pandemic really shifted a lot of company's focus and priorities for individuals as well. Just everything just kind of shook, got shook up. So what were some of the things you learned? I think like burnout was real and that has continued. So it really, we started having conversations with people about like, how, how do you manage this? Where, how do you manage the burnout in your life? So I think that started happening And then um, it was really fun working with people all across the country. That was really fun. And I think from a company standpoint, it started to shift. Like once they, once sort of companies realized that this was going to be here to stay, we had real conversations with executive leadership around like, you know, you need to make sure that your employees feel taken care of or like feel supported because if they leave, then it's hard. It's much more expensive to hire new talent and train them than it is to make sure that your existing really good workers are taken care of and feel supported. So we started having conversations around like, and we still are to this day 
Yeah. And now you talked about now how you went from, you know, 30 to 50 people in person training to now training across the country. How did this new influx, not only of, of people, but technology and all that, how did that affect your business and your team? Because I, I don't know if you did your team grow? Our team, we added one woman who was a professor at Ole Miss. Okay. So she came on board and she really, she really specializes in the diversity consulting. So she did that. Um, and then we just added more workshops. So we were okay. doing them. I think when we were doing them in person, we were doing them two to three times a month. And we started doing them at least once a week. So we also had to learn new topics. Like they didn't want, you know, we had, we had to learn new topics to teach them, which was fun. And again, you know, learning new skills, continuously learning, which is really important to our team. So, um, yeah, we just managed the volume. I had my mom like really stepped up with childcare so that I could continue working. So, you know, and I just think that's how I was very lucky that I, my mom lives close and she was honestly bored out of her mind because there was nothing else to do. So she really stepped up to help take care of my kids. And they watched more Sesame Street than they I ever bet. have in their life. You know, I bet, I bet. but still yeah. thanks mom. You know, I'm sure that's yeah. very, very helpful. Yes. <laughs> right. So you talked about how it impacted your business and now the clients are experiencing, you know, a lot more burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I, you know, I picked up in that article you mentioned was you know, when we talked about the different generations, right, that are in the workforce. So tell us a little bit about the generations that are currently impacted or who this appears to be impacting more so in the workplace. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I remember before the pandemic, there was a lot of research around how in the workforce, at one point there were five different generations. Like there are still baby boomers who are very healthy and like, you know, they're expecting their lifespan to continue, like they're going to be living longer. So they need an income longer. So at one point there was five different generations in the workshop. So we actually helped companies like you really need to understand a multi-generational workshop and how like baby boomers can really help Gen Zers teach them things in terms of wisdom and life experience. And then the Gen Zers can really actually help the baby boomers understand technology and different things like that. But I would say the pandemic really hit, I mean, like moms of young children, big, really hard because everyone was home childcare. And then when things started opening up, childcare was iffy. You know, if there's a COVID case in the classroom, everything shuts down and it usually falls on the mom to go pick up the kids and bring them home. And now they're at home. So that, it really hit them. And then the Gen Zers, I'm not sure some of them might have children, but just there has been a big shift in what people want out of work, especially for women, which is our focus. But I think this is true across the younger generations. Flexibility is huge. Um, I read an article that said, that did surveyed a ton of people. I think it was Deloitte's Women at Work article. And they found that 88% of women would take flexibility over higher pay, which is just, yeah, it is really interesting. So I think in some cases, you know, they got a taste of like remote work can work. You know, these people can be as long as the kid, like they have some type of childcare, but working from home, which is what women have wanted for years before the pandemic and was never granted can be very effective. So people want the option to be able to work from home and they want flexibility as especially women. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of that across generations 
as, as well, you know? And so, and the other thing I, I mentioned, I think it's a great stat that 88% stat. I want, I bet you that crosses generational lines yeah, because, sure you know, once folks get a taste of what it's like to work remotely and you're still productive, in some cases, there are folks who have shown that they're more productive. It's hard to go back. And, and so you see, you see that tension currently now with organization, like I'm here in New York and, you know, we have folk, you know, politicians, whatnot, demanding folks to come back to the city. And it's a slippery slope, right? Because, you know, they have to be careful with that. Right. And I know in New York and also in California, people were battling one to two hour commutes, one direction in some (laughs) cases. Yeah. So you take that away and all of a sudden they have a lot more time. They can sleep in or they can eat a good breakfast or do whatever they need, take their kids to school. And so asking people to get back on that hamster wheel of a commute is also really tough. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. And you when know, you start adding those times up, it, it mm-hmm. becomes a lot. It really becomes right. a lot. So I want to read you a quick stat and then I want to get your thoughts on this. So, and I'll just read it here. So it says, according to an anal- analysis by the National Women's Law Center of the latest U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report, this was from February of 2020 to January of 2022, it said 1.1 million women left the labor force, which accounted for 63% of all jobs lost. Now I saw these, I saw this stat and, you know, I knew we, we were coming on and I had to, to bring it up here because these numbers are daunting, right? Mm-hmm. And so based on your practice and the trends you're seeing in the marketplace, why are women leaving their jobs during this time? So I think there, you know, I think the pandemic in some ways really slowed things down. Like there weren't out, there weren't parties and there weren't kids sports. So people were home and they had, they had a chance to reflect a little bit. So I think the three main, all the research shows that the three main reasons women have left the workforce is burnout is the biggest one. That's the biggest reason. So that includes like the mental health, their own mental health and their own well-being. They're feeling very anxious and they're feeling very stressed. And also the pandemic has hit children, especially like in the teenage years, you know, so kids need more. A lot of kids need more help. Like moms are worried about their kids' mental health as well. So you throw that into their, they're already feeling stressed and anxious. Now they're worried about their kids and they're trying to work this job that maybe they realize they don't even really like. So burnout is the first one. The second one is women will leave if they don't feel like they're being paid well enough. So they're, they feel like they're not valued and they're burned out. And then the third reason women will leave, like the third highest percentage of reason that women leave is because they don't feel like there's enough career development or career growth in their current position. So that's, those are the main reasons. And we really have helped. I mean, we have worked with more women in the last year, help them figure out how to either downshift to part-time, find a new part-time job or completely walk away from the workforce. And those are usually the reasons why. And I think they just realized like there has been a total values alignment. Like, do they like what they're doing? Do they feel like this is fulfilling? Are they having an impact? And then if they're dealing with the other three issues and then those don't line up, they're going to walk away. Absolutely. And you know, look, the, 
kind of my, my, my other world, I, I teach on some of the, uh, you know, discrimination, harassment, retaliation space. And one of the things I often talk about in the discrimination realm is around the Equal Pay Act, right? And so we talk about equal pay and people, you know, you, you, you hear it brought up like if it's like it's something new, but it's been on the books for a very long time. And when I started doing those courses, it was around 70 cents uh, a woman made to a dollar. I think now we're up to around maybe 79 or so, almost 80 cents, uh, but still obviously nowhere where it needs to be. And so when you talked about those three categories, that number two really, really stuck with me. Right. And I think it's more like they don't feel like they're being valued for their work. And so, you know, what else is really interesting is that the women that have left, they are taking more time to find, like a lot of them are like, will go back to work. You know, like they, they like to work. They, in some cases, need to work. In most cases, they need to work. But they're being really picky about what they go back to. And if, again, like they're not being paid properly, if they don't have the flexibility that they're hoping for, and if there's not career advancement, they're going to say no and just wait until they find the right opportunity. Absolutely. And so now, what are your clients up to since they've left their jobs? What are, what are some of the things they're doing? So um, a lot of them are just, they are, okay, so none of them have just gone home and they're binge watching Netflix. You know, all (laughs) of them are, if they they have, uh, in many cases, they have kids. So they're now the primary caregiver for the family. They have all joined boards, like volunteer boards, but they're doing, they're being selective even in that. Like they're not just saying yes to every volunteer opportunity. They're finding volunteer opportunities that mean something to them and that they think like, okay, you know, and this is where we help them too. take a volunteer role where you're going to utilize skills that are important to you that like could help you if you ever want to pursue a career in that. So they're on boards, they're volunteering, they're taking care of their kids. They're taking some time for themselves. Maybe they're exercising more or they're, you know, meeting with a nutritionist or stuff like I just, they're all across the board, but none of them are just sitting at home. That's good. And, and what insights have they gained about themselves throughout this process? I would say all of them are happy, happier. Like they, I just think with the burnout, like you realize how important it is to take care of yourself. You can't take care of anyone else if you yourself are not in a good place. So taking time for themselves, like reading books about, you know, like some of the books, Designing Your Life, or just they have realized that life can slow down a little bit. And if, you know, the ones that have left in the last six months are not yet thinking about what their next job is, but that will come. And also, you know, they're still keeping in touch with old coworkers or people in the community, they're keeping their networks fresh as well. Just, just in case when they're ready. So now you, you've been in this space for around five years now and you know, what impact, if any, do you think the pandemic will have on how you coach clients moving forward? Yeah, I think that we've sort of always done this, but you know, one of the first exercises we do with them, it's like a values checklist. So where, if you're looking to go back into, into the office, like how, you know, it's questions like, how long are you willing to commute? How many days now this is one that we've added. It wasn't there before, but like how important is flexibility? How many days do you want to work from home every day? Or would you be open to jobs where you work 
from home three days a week? You know, how important are your coworkers? Questions like that, that they fill out and then they sort of see where their values align. And then we also have them do a personal inventory worksheet where you they basically think through like where have they been the happiest in their career looking back on their life what were they doing where they felt like they were the happiest what are tasks or work related items that really drain them and then it's j- just worksheets like that so i think we still do that some of the questions like i said have changed from the pandemic but really understanding like they want to know what is going to be fulfilling work that no one is rushing to go Take even, even women who have like are going through a divorce, you know, and that they stepped out to be the primary caregiver and now they actually need health benefits or they need their own income. They're still being selective. Like people are being selective right now about the jobs that they take, which I think is really great No, because you don't want to just go back to a job and be miserable. And then in a year, like the interview process is grueling, you know? No, without a doubt. And there's so much fluctuation that's happening in the job market right now with with jobs. I just read something today where, you know, these folks are, these these, um, organizations are extending offers to folks. And then next thing you know, they come on, I read a really interesting post on LinkedIn. And then they laid off her and her coworkers. And I was like, wait a minute, they they took the time to, to bring you on board and all of this. And then within seven days, they're laid off. And, and un- unfortunately, it's having an impact, drastic impact on people's whole livelihoods, right? Because they're uprooting their families and, and doing these things. So I don't, I don't blame, you know, people as a whole, but especially women, you know, in general, since we're, that's the focus here on being selective. I don't blame them yeah. for, for doing that. Even in the last two months, things have changed again, because now there's way more uncertainty in the market, in the stock market and the job market and the real estate market. So, you know, I think, like, again, you just have to make sure that this is a company you don't want to be in. a. You don't want to go work for a company that's going to do that. That's going to lay you off. Like I've heard stories about how they were fully onboarded, like they did the onboarding training and then they didn't even hear. They were like sent an email, you know, like, oh, actually, you're not starting. Oh, really? Yes. Never ceases to amaze. I mean, that is right. that's unfortunate. And look, and I'm. I was you know, formerly in, in the HR space. And so that, that hurts my heart to hear those things right. that those kind of breakdowns are actually happening. So yeah, now one, now one aspect of the show is I'd like folks to, I'd like all our guests who come on board to really share some advice with those who may be listening. So when you think about some of our listeners, what advice would you give to them uh, for folks who may be looking for more fulfillment in the work that they do, but really don't know what to do next? So do you mean people who are like currently working in a job and maybe aren't happy? It could, it could be both, right? So maybe okay. I, the initial focus is the maybe folks who are currently working, okay. not looking for more fulfillment in the work they do. Let's say one of the questions that you mentioned really got me was, you know, what do you find that's draining? Like what drains mm-hmm. you at work? I, mm-hmm. You said that and I was like, oh, that's a great question, right? Yeah. And so, so maybe, maybe I should reform, rephrase this question. And let's say if there are folks who are, who are listening and, and the work that they're doing is draining, right? Yes. And, and they're not being fulfilled. You know, what would you tell them that their next step should be? So, okay. The one really powerful exercise is to write down your entire day from the minute you wake up until the minute you go to bed. And right. So like, think of a line like this, everything that you do that brings you joy goes above the line. So that we're starting with like the latte you drink in the morning that brings you <laughs> great joy. Okay. So that's up here. 
And then e- include household items like laundry is way down here. Any admin tasks at work drain you here. So just write down everything and look. Th- so this is like inventory, right, of your day. And if there's any way, like if there are parts of your job that you really love, let's say you love, you love the product or you love the mission of your company or you love your boss and you love your coworkers. Okay. Those are, you know, those can outlast some draining issues. If there's a way that you can figure out how you spend more of your time strategizing with coworkers and like, is there any way you can delegate the admin tasks so that you free up more time to do the things that really fill you? So that's one thing to think about if you are like, if there are parts of your job that you love that are worth fighting for and or like, you know, looking for it's also easier if, if you love the company, if you love the mission of the company, if you love the people at the company, but you're just not happy with your current role. It, you know, start ne- networking within the company to see if there's any jobs that you could take within the company because they already know you. You have some street cred there. You know, they know your work ethic. They know your values. So if there's a role within the company, start talking to people about that opening. Um, and, you know, if you're in a position where you don't love the company, you don't love your coworkers, maybe it's time to start looking for a new job. And the best way to do that is to network. You know, I I read an article last night that from one of the contributors on LinkedIn, and he said that some people will spend 90%, like if they're in an active job search, they'll spend 90% of their time applying to jobs. So like working on their resume, sending in their jobs on LinkedIn or Glassdoor or Indeed or the company website, that's often a black hole, you know? So you're better off spending like 80% of your time networking with people because 85% of people get their jobs through their network. So this is, and it doesn't have to be like networking feels like an icky term sometimes, but it's just reaching out to people and saying like, oh, I, I'm very interested in your career path. Like, how did you get to where you are? Do you have five minutes to talk? And, you know, then you, like, if you see someone who has a job that you're really interested in, how did they get there? What steps did they take? Did they take a course that gave them skills that helped them be more qualified for this job? Or did they know someone who worked at the company? You know, so those types of questions, like people actually do generally love to talk about themselves and they are willing to help in most cases. So talking to as many people as you can, and then you might also discover new roles that you didn't even know existed that you might love through talking to people. Yeah. And I I think that's great advice. And you know, it's interesting. That's actually something I do now, right? That, you know, I'll see someone with a title and, oh, how'd you, how'd you go down that path. And, you know, there's a function and look, I'm, I'm not sponsored by LinkedIn or anything like that. But what I will say is there's a function that they recently added on the platform where it says career path for X and you can, and it shows people who are in that title. And then you can kind of like, they'll highlight their profile and you can go and check it out. I thought it was really cool. I never, it just popped up randomly one time, but I thought that's something, you know, to your point around networking, there are targeted ways, especially on LinkedIn, which is obviously like the professional platform where you can, you can see someone uh, and see what they've done uh, in, right. in their history. So just yeah. wanted to share that too. There's also a tool on LinkedIn called Career Builder. I'm pretty sure it's Career Builder. 
I'll let you know afterwards um, if you want to let your listeners know. But so basically you have, if you have the skills in your LinkedIn profile that you, your skills, like project management, communication, whatever your skills are, and then it will show you the top job titles for those skills. And then it will show you like, okay, let's say you want an event planner. You're interested in an event planner job. Which skills are you missing to like make you more attractive for that role. So it's pretty cool. They have, they have amazing LinkedIn and their algorithm. I mean, it's a really is an amazing platform. Yeah. I got, I got to give them credit. Got to give them credit for that one. So now what do you think, what more do you think employers could be doing better to support women during this time? I mean, the number, if they, so even come, like they really need to support flexibility. That's what they need to do. And saying like, okay, yeah, you can work from home three days a week, except if that is what they're saying. And then the reality is, you know, their male counterpart is in the office every single day and getting FaceTime with the executives every single day. If that is going to hurt the woman, then that's not a supportive, flexible workplace. So they just be like under flexibility is huge. That's what women want. And that's what most people want but making sure that it's actually supported by leadership that there that you can be promoted if you are a completely remote worker if that's what the company says you know so flexibility is number 1 and then that also like if women can you know change their schedule like if there's a way that they can drop their kid off at school and then work an extra hour in the evening but they're getting their work done you know so like just supporting different ideas like that And then also, this is huge, well, the pay, like we already discussed, making sure that they're paid adequately. But again, 88% of women would take flexibility over pay. So just they need to keep that in mind. And then having true opportunities for career development. So having a stipend available so that they can take courses or they can attend conferences or they can hire a coach. That's huge. And then also having some mentorship in the company to walk them through like, okay, this is your current role. This is the role that you want in the next five years. I'm going to help you make sure that you know the right people and that we can figure out a career path to get you there. So having real mentorship is huge as well. No, I agree. And, you know, the theme I hear in all of that is not only for companies, companies need to be more intentional, but also team members and employees also need to be intentional as well. So there, that's where we can meet together. So I appreciate you, you, you mentioning that. Megan, look, this was, this was really good. You know, I want to thank you for, for taking some time to speak with me today. And I really enjoyed learning about you, your practice and all the clients that, that you serve. So would love to stay in touch and follow follow your work. But if you could get out here, where can our listeners find you and support you? RebootExcel.com is our company website. And then I'm on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best place to find me. I'm also on Instagram. But um, yeah, LinkedIn, Megan Martin Strickland. Oh, and what I forgot two other things that companies can do really quick. Oh, yeah, of course. companies are listening. Women, they, they also want benefits, but that includes like mental health and wellness benefits. And then the other thing is making like diversity and inclusion, working for a company that really supports and actually has di- a diverse and inclusive workplace is also very important. Definitely. Definitely. No, I appreciate you, you getting that in the, you know, the mental health piece is, is crucial. 
Very crucial. So I'm glad, mm-hmm. glad you raised that. Well, look, that'll do it for today's episode. Again, I want to thank Megan Martin Strickland for joining us today. I'll be sure to share her information in our show notes, along with those two book recommendations. They're very, very good, very good uh, uh, reading as we come up on the summer, at least now. Um, So I hope you all have a great week and I'll see you next time. And Megan, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. The Great Resignation, people leaving their jobs in droves, there's a lot of buzz happening in the job market of late. Now, did you or someone you know leave your job during the pandemic and want to share your story? We've been having some really good conversations in this space, so if you're interested, I'd love to have you join the program. If so, here's how you can do it. First, you can email us at hello at whyileft.co. That's hello at whyileft.co or visit us online at whyileft.co. That's whyileft.co. Look forward to having you join the conversation. Thanks again for listening to Why I Left. Be sure to join us next time for more stories from the Great Resignation. Visit us at www.whyileft.co. That's whyileft.co. And subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, podcasters. It's Brian Akar, host of Why I Left. Are you ready to take your show to the next level? I've got a game changer for you. Meet Dave, the genius behind apodcastgeek.com and the man who keeps me and why I left looking and sounding so crisp. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just getting started, Dave's got your back. He's the go-to producer for podcasters who demand nothing but the best. At apodcastgeek.com, you can easily order your next episode. And the best part, got a special offer, is you'll receive 10% off your first order using code BA10. That's right, 10% off to kickstart your podcasting journey by simply using the code BA10 at checkout. Now, don't wait. I know you've been thinking about starting a show, and maybe this is your sign to just get out there and do it. So what I want you to do is visit apodcastgeek.com, sign up, and start creating amazing content. Dave and his team are simply amazing, and you won't regret it. At apodcastgeek.com, they're going to help you reach new heights with your podcast. And of course, tell them that Brian from Why I Left sent you. See you soon.